to the Pixelated, Pixelated, Pixelated Sausage, Sausage, Sausage Podcast. That's enough of that crap. Anywho, this is the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Wednesday, October 6th, 2021. I'm your host, Marcus Nez, and today, ooh, I've got a doozy for you. I've got a doozy for you. I got so many games to talk about. There might be 10 here. There might be a total of 10. Maybe there are more than 10. I don't know. We got Insurgency, Sandstorm, Inked, A Tale of Love, Struggling, Aeon Drive, Crisis Wing, Teacup, Lemnis Gate, Connect Tank, Galaxy Squad, Galaxy Squad, Jean Yon Sword, Seven, and A Juggler's Tale. We got the the opposite of a baker's dozen, the reverse baker's dozen. I don't know. Baker's dozen is 13, right? Well, we got 11. So we don't have a dozen. We don't have a baker's dozen. Is this like a... Uh, barbecues dozen? I don't know. But we got 11 for you today. 11 games. Holy crap. And we're going to get through them pretty quickly. And we're going to start right now. We're not going to BS and waste your time. We're just going to jump right into it with Insurgency Sandstorm, which is very much so a Counter-Strike type of game. And I say that as someone who's barely played any Counter-Strike. I... Just know that the time to kill is very fast in Counter-Strike. One bullet, two bullets, you're dead. It's not like Apex Legends where you can take a whole bunch of damage and still survive and come out on top taking on a team of three and somehow beating them all yourself after your two teammates fucking let you down and they weren't there for you and you had to do everything yourself and it was so stressful. But that's not Insurgency Sandstorm. It is a military-based shooter. And you are tasked with doing objectives like defending a spot or attacking a spot, depending on what team you're on. And I did not like it. My problem with it is that I could not find a control scheme, not scheme, but sensitivity and all that that just felt right. And it could be that I'm just so used to Apex Legends at this point and finding that sweet spot there. But I've adjusted the sensitivity and whatnot to get it to that point where it feels just right. That it's it's hard for a lot of first-person shooters. But at the same time, I play Call of Duty. I play these more AAA shooters and they all feel pretty good. So it's not just Apex Legends. It's maybe, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. And I wasn't having fun playing the game. The The time to kill definitely is something I'm not that used to. It, it, it's the kind of game that I would really have to, well, just get used to. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how else to put it because it is so different from the first-person shooters I play these days. Even Call of Duty, the time to kill is not like this. It, it's much more of a a simulation type game, a realistic take on it. And there is apparently dismemberment and the like that I think you can maybe turn off. So I'm not sure if this is sort of like a cross between Soldier of Fortune and Counter-Strike, finding that sweet spot between those two. Because that's all I remember of Soldier of Fortune, it being the whole, oh my God, you can shoot off people's arms and whatnot. But Insurgency Sandstorm... It looks okay. It runs fine. I just did not like the controls, even after finagling with them 
a bit here and there. I just could not find a point where it felt fun to play. And that's really the problem. If me dying a bunch because I wasn't used to the time to kill was there or like whatever. I I can get used to a lot of things, but if I can't find a point where I like just the general feel of it, it doesn't matter about the rest of the game. I can get used to everything else. I can I can deal with all that. But if I don't like controlling it, that's that's a problem. So yeah, that's Insurgency Sandstorm. Not not really feeling that one. Then Inked, A Tale of Love is a puzzle game where you play as this little monk dude in this very beautiful hand-drawn world that sometimes breaks the fourth wall where you see your characters, not your character. Would it be your character? No, you're controlling the little you're controlling the little dude. But you will see the hands of the artist sometimes interact with the environment or just kind of show up on screen to smash it or like whatever. I don't know. They're there to let you know that this this is all drawn by someone, I guess. And when that, that happens, oh boy, like the game looks fantastic. I love the aesthetic. But the the hands are so low uh, in terms of polygons and all that. That they just look they look bad. And I wish they didn't show up. But Inked, A Tale of Love is where you are going through this world, uh, isometric camera. And you have to manipulate objects in the world in order to create paths. Or allow objects to move from one place to another so that they can activate a switch and so on. And I think it's... Not bad. The controls are a bit cumbersome with a controller. My bigger issue, though, is that at least at this point right now, the game is broken and broken in the sense that you can get through at least a few puzzles. And and what I've played and maybe more continuing on throughout the entire experience by just walking through geometry. For whatever reason, there are points where you have to, for instance push a block through a path, but you have to then manipulate another block so that it'll activate these switches that will keep these moving pieces from knocking the block over or whatever, or just opening up the pathway. But you don't have to actually do that. And I tested this out by restarting from the checkpoint and thinking maybe I hit a point where I broke it. But even restarting the area from the beginning, I could... The objects included, just not just uh, my character, but the object, everything. I could just walk through those pieces of geometry. I didn't have to get them out of the way because I could just walk right through them. And obviously, this is not the way it's meant to be solved, that puzzle. And it's not the way the game is meant to be played. You're not supposed to be able to walk through geometry. But... Knowing that that is the case and testing it out and realizing it's in multiple points, it makes any motivation to keep playing, any desire to keep playing, just diminish because I know that, yes, I can choose not to break it and take advantage of its brokenness, but of course I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Why not? Uh, So if they get that fixed... I'd say it's definitely worth checking out, Uh, even though the controls take some getting used to. uh, I still wasn't 
quite used to them after the time I put into the game, but they're not a deal breaker. They're just a bit cumbersome. And I kept unselecting an object when I wanted to say, hey, no, I want to place you here. I would accidentally unselect and stuff like that, but not a big deal. Then struggling, whoo, man, struggling. Struggling is a very special case. It is the the weirdest one of the bunch this week both i guess as far as the game goes and gameplay wise but more so because there is a part of the game an aspect of the game i fucking adore i think there is an aspect of struggling that is the best of any game i've played this year by far and maybe one of my favorite of this of all time in terms of games. It's crazy. It is crazy. However, before I get to that, the game is very much a co-op type of game, a physics-based, annoying control game where you are this ball of flesh, I guess, that is breaking out of a lab and you have two limbs that you can use to manipulate and move your ball of flesh around. You can grab on the things and you're basically just using your momentum and whatnot to keep moving forward. I hate games like this. I don't find them fun. They're games where you have to really learn how they work physics-wise and everything in order to really get quote-unquote good at it. But like I've said regarding games like this in the past, these are games that ask you to acquire skills that you can't use elsewhere. They are very game-specific skills. And I guess you could say that these game-specific skills would work and translate to other games like this, but there are so few games like this, and I never find them fun, so I don't see the point or have the desire to get better at games like this. So they just frustrate me for however long I'm going to allow them to frustrate me before I move on to something else. And that is what struggling is. I don't really like the way it looks. It's a gross game, but not good gross. They're good gross games. I mean, I don't know if I'd call it gross, but like the second Nidhogg game had that funky aesthetic, Ren and Stimpy-ish aesthetic. But I love the, uh, the way that game looks. But yeah, struggling just is not a game you are going to play to have fun. Unless you enjoy games like that, like Quop or whatever, Goat Simulator. But this is this is 2D. This is side-scrolling. So that's why I'm thinking more like Quop and Getting Over It, I think, is another one of the games from that uh, same creator, Bennett Foddy, I believe is his name. But uh, this, this isn't Bennett Foddy or anything. Um, it just, it, it's not fun to play. It was it was miserable, and I was too happy to stop playing it when I did, and couldn't stop playing it fast enough. However, 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 when I first booted up the game, I was met with something that amazed me, something that made me keep from pressing start initially, and I had to just sit there and take it in, and then I went outside of the game. To consume more of this, and I can confirm it's just it's all fucking good. It's all good. And what I'm talking about is the soundtrack. Holy shit, the music in struggling. It's amazing. It is so good. 
It is ridiculously good. It is too good. When I played it on stream, when I got to the, the menu and the music started playing, I just sat there and listened to it for a bit. Then I played the game and I was like, oh my god, I fucking hate this game. And then I quit back to the main menu and we just sat there for another like five plus minutes listening to the music because it is that good. And if you want, one, it's on Spotify, I'm pretty sure. But two, you can purchase the album on the Bandcamp like I did this past uh, Friday for, uh, what do you call it, Bandcamp Fridays where they give 90 or 100% of the, the funds to the creators, 99, I don't know. They give a, the, a good chunk of it. On like most days. Where they give like 70, I don't know. It's not like they take a big chunk the rest of the year. But uh, yeah, Struggling is a game that isn't fun to play, doesn't look great, but has one of the best soundtracks I've maybe ever heard. Definitely the best soundtrack of 2021 by far. It is so good. I highly recommend checking that out and uh, supporting the artists via Bandcamp if you like it. Spotify is great and all, but why not support the artists by buying the album? I believe it was $7 for the whole thing, and there are a lot of tracks, and it's all good. All, all, all good. Then Aeon Drive is a, I guess you could call it an action platformer because you do attack robots and drones or whatever in the air to uh, get them out of your way. But it is very much so a platformer where you are trying to get to the end of a level. You have some unique traversal mechanics. And it has some nice pixel art. My problem is the main mechanic of movement is throwing your shuriken-like thing at walls or ceilings. And when it attaches, you can teleport there. So that allows you to get past electricity, beams, and stuff like that, and just move faster around the environment. Why I hate this system, because I think it is almost so good. Almost so good. Because the general gameplay, the general movement of your character and the jump and all that, that feels pretty good. My problem, though, is that your little device that allows you to teleport, you can't activate it unless it attaches to a surface. So unless it attaches to a wall or a ceiling or whatever, you can't use it. And this, for me at least, it prevented me from ever getting into a flow state. It made it feel a bit clunkier. I was never able to just keep moving. I felt like I always had to slow down because I would be running and... The distance that thing goes is not just until it hits the surface. It does have a specific distance, a specific range. And I felt like that range was too too short that I would have to be pretty close to something that would harm me, like a beam of electricity or whatever, that I would have to stop to let it attach so that I could then activate it. I couldn't just be running, throw it, and have it hit the surface before I would hit the beam and then, you know, uh, teleport there. And I wish that instead of requiring you to wait until it attaches, that you would just teleport to wherever that thing is so that I could just shoot it out. And yeah, I wouldn't hit the surface, but I know that it would be above a platform that I could fall on and land safely. I wish that was the way it worked because if it did work that way, I think I would 
have had an absolute blast with the game. But that specific aspect, the fact that you have to attach it to a surface, ruined the whole game for me. And this will differ from person to person, of course. But for me, that is that was just the Achilles heel that, that killed the game for me. Which is a bummer, because I liked a lot about it. I think it looks good. I think it plays well outside of that point. It just, that kept halting me. Because I felt like I kept having to stop. And in a game where the movement feels pretty good, and a game where everything is time-based, because you have a... a little amount of time to complete a level and you add to this by collecting these little like containers or whatever throughout the level and when you get I think four of them you can activate them you can stockpile them as well to have like 28 of them so you can keep activating multiple at the same time but it takes four of them I believe to activate them and add like five seconds to the amount of time you have to complete a level and you will have to do this because I'm sure maybe some speedrunners will find a way to complete levels without using that. But uh, I I did not see that. So yeah, that that one little hiccup for me ruined the whole thing. I just I wanted to be able to teleport where the thing was. I didn't want to have to attach it to a surface. <sighs> Poor Eon Drive. So close, so close. Then Crisis Wing is a shmup. A horizontal scrolling shmup, right? From up to down, down to up. You're moving up, not left to right. Down up. Anywho, it's a a shmup, and it's it's fine. You like shmups? Check it out. It wasn't overly challenging, and the gameplay was fine. I don't know. For me, shmups are what I believe beat-em-ups are to a lot of other people where they're just kind of okay they can maybe enjoy them for a bit but then they're ready to move on pretty quickly whereas for me with beat-em-ups i could play those over and over and over and over and over again the ones i really like like team nt uh streets of rage whatnot not not the simpsons game the simpsons game is bad i'm sorry people the simpsons game is bad the Punisher, man, the Punisher is very good. The Punisher is very good. I wish the Punisher wasn't so damn expensive on Genesis. But yeah, Crisis Wing is a solid schmup. That's all there really is to say about it. I think it's $7 or whatever. So it's not too bad either. Then Teacup is an adventure game where you're playing as a frog. It has some really nice art. However, when I got uh, out into the environment, there's like this speckled aspect to the environment art that was really unpleasant to look at super distracting and it was just it was too much it was excessive didn't need that so that was a bit bummer visually but i i like the characters i think they all look really good but the gameplay you're going around talking to people and that's fine but the first puzzle i got to annoyed the living shit out of me and it annoyed me so much that once I completed it, I just quit the game and I was done. I don't know if there are going to be more puzzles like that. That may be an outlier. But it it bugged me so much that I just had to stop playing. And what the puzzle entailed was, you talk to this lady who's in town. She has 
her little stall selling her vegetables or whatever they were. And you have to organize her various containers so that they all fit within her little section. And it plays like a Tetris puzzle. So you have a few L-shaped ones, a box, a line, etc. And that's fine. However, in order to rotate an object, one of these pieces, you have to have it on the side. You can't, when you are moving these pieces to the play area where you have to put them all in, you can't rotate them at all. You can just move them in the orientation that they are. To rotate them, you need to take them off of there. If you've already placed them in there, you got to pick them up, put them back to the little side container area, and then you could rotate them there. Discovering or figuring out which one you are actually using or, or, or picking out, selecting, was somehow really weird too with the game. I don't know what the hell was going on there. But the fact that I'm trying to solve this puzzle and I'm putting the pieces there and I realize, okay, well, these ones are all wrong. I want to rotate them. Why can't I just rotate them here? Why can't I just pick them up and rotate them? Why do I have to pick them up, drop them back into the, the side area, then press a button to rotate them? Jesus Christ, birds. Holy crap, there are birds outside my window and they just won't shut the F up. Holy crap. Oh my God, birds. Birds! Jesus! Oh my God! Anywho, uh, <laughs> when I closed the window, the dog next door was in the front lawn, and they quickly turned at me like, "What the fuck's wrong with this person?" Oh God, I feel like an idiot. Anywho, the fact that they just made this entire puzzle so goddamn cumbersome and annoying to deal with. That was enough for me to say I don't I don't trust the rest of this game and I I just don't have the time for it. And the story whatever it wasn't doing much for me. I I like the visuals like I said, but that that was it. The Lemnus Gate is an interesting first person shooter thing where you are playing against another player, another team. And there are two ways about doing it. You can go back and forth so that it is this time-based looping system where in the alternating moon mode, you do something for 30 seconds or whatever. So if you are tasked with defending these objective points, you will pick a character and then you will go around the space and maybe shoot where you think the enemy is going to show up or, or get your character in position to defend, uh, drop some turrets or whatever. And then when your turn is over, that character is just going to be on that constant loop. The other player gets to do their thing and they can attack your uh, character. They can go and attack a different objective that you weren't protecting that round. And then it'll go back to you and then you can decide what you want to do. If they attacked your first character, you can attack that other character first so that they die and are unable to attack your character in their loop and it's it's an interesting mechanic you can also do it where you are doing your action simultaneously for each turn 
which I found more interesting because it felt like with the the alternating one, whoever goes last will always have the advantage. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's a game that takes some time to wrap your head around, especially if you do focus specifically on the simultaneous mode. But I, I think it's it's worth exploring if you want something a bit different. I found it interesting, but with the time I put into it, I wasn't interested enough to stick with it, to learn it because it just it's it's all it's okay. And I like the the various classes because you have I don't know maybe eight or so classes that all play pretty differently and they have their strengths and weaknesses and they feel they feel good I like the controls I think it controls pretty well overall they definitely feel like they've just been ripped from other games there's one character who just feels exactly like Tracer from Overwatch and there's another one who's just like here's the bio weapon from Unreal Tournament so there's a lot of stuff that just seems ripped or inspired heavily from other games, which is fine. But there, de- there definitely isn't a lot of a, a unique identity here outside of the the gameplay mechanic. That's really where the game is unique, and and that's somewhat reminiscent of games like Frozen Synapse and whatnot, which I liked. But um, here I think maybe the first person a- aspect has me less interested in it and i prefer the more strip back style of stuff like frozen synapse but it is worth checking out i think it i think that one's on game pass maybe so you can check it out for free maybe 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 not sure there then connect tank is a rogue like i think it's a rogue like i don't remember there being persistent upgrades very much like Slay the Spire and all those games where you start on a specific path and then you can go whatever path you choose. You'll have branching pathways and whatnot. And the way the gameplay works is that you are controlling a robot, a turret thing on your end, a cannon. I think it's a cannon. I think that's what they refer to. Let's just say it's a cannon. And then the opposing player has their own cannon and what you do is at the initial startup you have to fix the conveyor belt that will take the projectiles that you create and deliver them to the cannon to fire at the enemy so that is the initial setup which takes you maybe a minute if that you just go around picking up these various conveyor belt pieces and putting them in place so that the conveyor belt will be fully functional and working as intended. And then after that, it's a rock, paper, scissors type of system. You can shoot high or low, and so can the enemy. And you'll have a, I, I don't think it changes, but um, they show you, okay, blue beats red, red, red beats yellow, yellow beats blue, or whatever the exact uh, system is. And as the enemy is shooting projectiles at you, you can shoot them at them. So you're going to want to hit a yellow projectile with a blue one, for instance, to destroy it and so on. 
And my problem with the game is that I don't know if it eventually gets more challenging, but it was unbelievably easy. Uh, It was... So the thing about it is that, yes, there is that rock, paper, scissors aspect to it that you can maybe pay attention to if you want, if you want, but you don't have to because the real strategy of Connect Tank is non-existent because it's all about speed. It's all about the rate at which you can create projectiles to fire at your enemy. And you will have three cards at any point that you can create the projectiles for. So that's like, a, I guess, the card or deck building aspect of it. It just doesn't really matter. It just means that if you are creating a projectile or if you combine two pieces, because the way you uh, create projectiles is by taking these two pieces that will be spit out by whatever the F in your little play area and throwing them into the machine that will turn them into a projectile and then send them to the conveyor belt to be sent to the cannon. And if you create something with two objects that aren't part of one of the cards currently in your selection area, whatever the hell you want to call it, then you'll just create a junk projectile, which doesn't really do much damage and is just kind of a waste of space. It might halt a an oncoming projectile a little bit, but it's pretty much garbage. So you have to make sure, at the very least, you're paying attention to what cards are up there so that you're creating projectiles that will actually work. But it's all about speed. And I got to the point where it's just like, yeah, this is, this is pretty damn easy because you don't have to carry the pieces to the machine. You can throw them a pretty long distance and... The machine that spits out the parts that you throw into the machine to create the projectiles, you can punch it to make it spit them out faster if you are going so fast that you're not getting the pieces you need. And I was just able to destroy the enemy in like a minute. I could just fucking create so many projectiles so fast that the AI was not able to keep up with me at all. I didn't pay attention to what they were firing at me. I didn't pay attention to anything. I didn't care about the rock, paper, scissors system because that didn't matter. All that mattered was that I was going real fast. I was at least paying attention to make sure that I was creating projectiles that were up there so I wouldn't be creating junk. And I just destroyed these levels. I just ran over them. And it very quickly lost any amount of fun or whatever. I just, like, the lack of challenge after putting an hour into it, like maybe, maybe at some point it'll start getting challenging. Maybe at some point the AI will speed things up and I'll have to actually pay attention. But from what I played, there wasn't even a hint of that. And that is Connecting's Achilles heel. It just, it was really boring real fast because of how it really just comes down to the speed of everything. You don't really have to think about what you're doing at all. You just got to do everything fast. Like Ricky Bobby. Got to go fast. Got to go fast. Got to go fast. Got to go fast. So that was a disappointment because I love rogue lights and roguelikes. I like the idea of the gameplay. But 
the way it works from what I've played at least is just way too fucking easy. And the strategy of it is non-existent because of the whole fact that it's really just down to speed. Then uh, Galaxy Squad is... The way I look at Galaxy Squad is that it's kind of like Oregon Trail in space with X-Kami gameplay. Because you are in a spaceship, you're trying to reach your destination, and you'll be moving from planet to planet, space station to space station, point of interest to point of interest, etc. And when you reach a different planet or whatever... It'll ask you if you want to do something. Maybe you find a, a destroyed ship and it, it says, do you want to go and investigate? And maybe you'll be able to find some better armor, better equipment, etc. But you also have to fight enemies, likely. So do you want to take that risk? And if you go to space stations, you can get missions from players to get goods and whatnot. You can upgrade your ship, etc. And it's all fine and dandy. But the XCOMI gameplay is super basic, not that challenging at all, and it just, it's a game that I really like conceptually, but was pretty dull to actually play, sadly. I I might put some more time into it, but I I wanted to like it more than I was liking it, because I really like it from a conceptual standpoint. But it just wasn't particularly fun to play. It's a bit cumbersome control-wise. And yeah, just wasn't doing much for me. Then uh, Jean Yon Sword 7, which I may be pronouncing incredibly incorrectly, X-U-A-N-Y-U-A-N Sword 7, Jean Yon Sword 7, is the seventh game in the series, I guess. And it's uh, it's not that good. I Maybe, maybe it, it gets good at some point. I don't know, because I played it for maybe an hour and a half. And at least half of that time was just spent watching cutscenes, getting this story, a story full of bland characters and a bland story and a bland world that I didn't care about, which may in part be due to the localization. I can't really speak to that. But I didn't care about the story that they kept trying to shove down my throat. And it, it was frustrating too because there are times where they put you in control, but it's only so that you can push or hold up on the left analog stick to move your character along a rail, you can't even move them left to right, you're just moving them along a rail so that you can carry your sister when she's a baby to her room. Or when she's an adult, you carry her, I think, in your house because she got shot with some arrows or whatever. And it's just like, why are you even having me in control in these situations? And then the actual gameplay, which is a, a third-person action, uh, a melee action game, sword play and all that, that is incredibly easy. There, there's no challenge to the, the melee combat from what I've played when I actually got to play it. And then the game is set up in a very, very, very linear fashion where you are going in uh, these environments. that The environments look pretty good. The characters are, are okay, but the environments look pretty good. 
but you are locked to these very hallway type environments, even though you're out in the open world, the, the wild, the foresty areas. It is very, very closed off. And I just, it, it, it does not provide one with a good first impression because it is constantly shoving story down your throat with cutscene after cutscene, dialogue after dialogue of very uninteresting, uninspired, unoriginal stuff. And when it actually lets you control the game, you're either fighting in these very confined spaces across this linear path against enemies that aren't posing much of a challenge with combat that feels okay, but is just so easy that it's not particularly fun because the the depth isn't there and the challenge isn't there. Or you're asked to just push and hold up on the left analog stick to go across a rail or, or walk around an environment and just go talk to someone. It's just, it, it, it was a pretty boring hour and a half in, in a game that I was really excited to actually finally get around and playing. I was looking forward to that game for months and months and months because it looked cool. And from what I played, it, it was not cool at all. And last but not least is A Juggler's Tale, which is a puzzle platformer in the vein of stuff like Inside, where much of the world is out to kill you. Of course, there's a giant spider that you run into, and you deal with it by throwing torches at it until it runs away, and then you come across it again, and it has been killed by humans, because the game is all about the fact that humans are, are the fucking worst, and they suck, and they're terrible. But the... The interesting twist of the gameplay is that you are this young girl in this story being told by a puppeteer. And so you and other characters in the world have strings attached to you. And these come into play with some of the puzzles and and some of the obstacles where you won't be able to get past something because your strings are getting stuck on something. However, from what I've played, that has been really the only way these strings come into play. You don't have to use them in any interesting ways. They just eventually will get stuck on something that you have to move and get out of the way. So one of the wings or whatever on a windmill, you're going to have to get a cow to come to this water barrel thing so that it'll move the thing so that they're out of your way. Or tree branches will be in your way and you have to light them on fire so they retreat and get out of your way so that you can get past them with your strings. And that... That got old real fast. I wanted to see a bit more creativity from the game in that sense. And then there were also sections that are more annoying where you will look at something and wonder to yourself, how can I get here? This is a jump that I can't make, but I don't see any way for me to to keep progressing because there aren't objects that I can interact with because there's a section where, for instance, you have two boards that you have to find and put in the water and then you pick up the board behind you because you're not going to get more boards to continue creating this pathway across the river. You just have to pick up the one behind you, throw it in front of you and just constantly do that Uh, until, and this is kind of in the same vein as what I'm about to talk about, where you're doing that and one of the logs gets drifted away down the river and when you try to jump on it, you will be picked up and carried along to the other side by the puppeteer because there's literally no way for you to progress. And there are these big jumps, going back to those, where you can't 
actually do it, and you just have to take the leap of faith. And when you do that, the puppeteer, the person narrating the story, telling the story to all these people, he'll just put you over to the other side and be like, oh, you needed some help there. So I, I decided to help you out or whatever. And that is not that is not good puzzle design. Having me need to... Or, or, or having it so that I am unable to do something and I just have to accept that this other person, this being telling the story, will just put me where I need to be, even though I was unable to do it myself. Uh, it's just weird. It's weird. <clears throat> but um, my mouth is getting really dry, and that is the last game on my list, so I'm going to wrap things up right there. Oh, anywho, that uh, will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Marcus Ness. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and Attack the Backlog, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the games I play when I'm playing them, when I'm streaming, over at twitch.tv slash PX Sausage. I play... A whole bunch of games. You can see me streaming a bunch of these games in one of the archive episodes. And you can just go to this little side button or whatever thing that'll show you all the buttons or all the games that I played during that stream. And then you can just click them, click the title of the game, and it'll take you right to where I was playing it during the stream. So that's super convenient if you want to watch me playing a good chunk of the games talked about during this here episode. Uh, that is, again, twitch.tv slash sausage. Then... If you'd like to check out the YouTube videos I make, like Attack the Backlog and whatnot, you can go over to youtube.com slash pxsausage. That is wrong. YouTube.com slash sausage and watch my stuff there. If you'd like to check out the art I make, because I make art too, you can go back to the site, pixelatedsausage.com. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. A lovely, lovely, lovely rest of your week and a fantastic weekend. All right. Adios, everyone. Bye.